Okay, that was sort of interesting with the Sefer Torah. A first, but there's always firsts, particularly in this time. And thank you, Matt, for a very astute save there. Not once, but twice. Uh, I will lift a few more weights before trying to do that another time. But uh, we're at the holiday of Simchat Torah. And uh, as a Jewish community, we just finished going through a time of introspection and a time of celebration. We moved um, through those awesome days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur as we concluded an internal inventory of ourselves in the very presence of the majestic king over the entire universe. Immediately afterwards, we moved into a season of rejoicing throughout the week of Sukkot as we celebrated God's provisions for our ancestors, so much so, for example, in Deuteronomy 29, where we're reminded that even our sandals and our clothes did not wear out. A time when our ancestors walked with him through the wilderness journey that he described in Jeremiah 2 as our honeymoon with him. Now we come roaring into Shmini Atzeret as we did last night in Simchat Torah tonight. The conclusion of the festival cycle is spelled out in Leviticus chapter 23. Almost as if to re enforce Rosh Hashanah as the beginning of our new year, Simchat Torah concludes our reading of the Torah the, in Deuteronomy 33 and 34 by immediately launching us into the reading of the Torah from the beginning, from Bereshit, as Jenny led us into. We're launched into the reading of the Torah from the beginning again. So we begin again immediately, not at some indistinct time in the future, but right now. After Sukkot wraps up, Leviticus 23, verse 36 instructs us to hold a special, the text literally says holy, but special, truly special, a special eighth-day commemoration of conclusion, which then spills over into Simchat Torah. Eighth, by the way, is Shmini. Conclusion is Atzeret, hence Shmini Atzeret. Taking a step back, as it were, looking at the bigger picture of Leviticus 23, and remember that we do read the whole of that chapter at one time as a unit, it's almost as if Shmini Atzeret concludes not only Sukkot then, not only the fall holidays of Tishri, which we've just gone through, but also the entire cycle of festivals as described in Leviticus 23. Now, in the text, Shmini Atzeret is designated simply as the eighth day after the end of Sukkot. And since our calendar is built on the seven-day week, based on the seven days of creation, the eighth day would then itself signal a new week, in fact, a new beginning. Appropriately, Simchat Torah immediately picks up on this new beginning theme by launching our cycle of reading Again. Additionally, Simchat Torah, in a sense, serves as still another conclusion, this time to Shavuot. Remember, Shavuot is the holiday that celebrates the giving of a Torah. Simchat Torah joyfully celebrates our having the Torah. Just a couple weeks ago, we approached and then we observed Rosh Hashanah as an opportunity to begin a new year 
to start afresh in our lives with God and with those around us. Now, we can see our celebration of Simchat Torah. Now, let me change that. Now, we can use our celebration of Simchat Torah to remind ourselves of our new intentions and new initiatives as crystallized a couple weeks ago on Rosh Hashanah. And we can use it as well, then, to start afresh following God's guidelines in the Torah. It's yet another opportunity for a new beginning, for a fresh start for each of us. In this fresh start, we should take to heart the concluding text of the Torah, Deuteronomy 34, beginning at verse 10, which serves as part of the traditional Simchat Torah readings. And in years past, we've done that as well. This parsha reminds us, as the text says, and I quote, the Lord knew Moses face to face. In other words, there was a close, intimate relationship between the two. Moses had come to know the character and person of the God of the universe. He knew him to be a God of surpassing compassion, overflowing love, superabundant kindness, and unrelenting forgiveness, as, Ezekiel, pardon me, as Exodus 34, 6 and 7 reminds us. Accordingly, we need to take the time to get to know the Lord more intimately and then to model those same divine characteristics towards others. It's part of our calling as a paradigm people, as Deuteronomy 4 and Exodus 19 remind us, where we're to live a life that is so attractive to others that they are drawn to the God of the universe. That's what it means to be a holy people, a kingdom of priests. But the Parsha also reminds us, if you listen to the text carefully, that the Lord knew Moses. That means Moses opened himself up to God. He didn't hold anything back from God. The other part of the Simchat Torah Parsha, Bereshit, reminds us a little later in this section that God actually walked with Adam and Eve in the garden in Eden. That's amazing. We, too, need to see this year, then, as an opportunity to walk that closely with God taking the time to get to know him better and opening up ourselves more fully to him. As we begin again immediately, this is something we can aim for and build on as we move forward through the coming year. So, as we leave our sukkahs behind the Simchat Torah, let's eagerly and joyfully make the Torah more relevant in our lives as well as to those around us. And as we do so, we can then more enthusiastically anticipate the time the Elenu looks forward to, the time when the living Torah will be once again among us, the time when the world will be perfected under the rule of the Lord Almighty. Simchat Torah, now is a great time to begin again immediately. And since we've talked about the Elenu, we now rise, facing Jerusalem yet again, on pages 30 to 33 